Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I want to say this as apolitically as possible, but in recent years, we've had our share of politicians who have run into legal problems. All of them can admire the types of legal problems and dilemmas that John Dutton has gotten himself into. One of the all-time biggest Yellowstone loose ends just got tied up during a scene that might have made you a little teary. It's Addison Hager, and so far Yellowstone Season 5 has offered a few moments like this, but a touching conversation between John and Monica Dutton is the first time we found a smile through the pain. Of course, it was surrounded by lies and threats because, well, that's just how it goes for the Dutton family. The tender moments truly are fleeting. During today's episode of Dutton Rules, Billy Dukes and I will discuss whether or not Beth Dutton has gone from living on an edge to falling off of it, and, well, why her most recent threat to her brother Jamie may be her last. There's a reason to believe that time is running out on this show, but even if there are two or three more seasons, it's difficult to see Bo surviving if she follows through on a threat to take his child away from him. Is she capable of harming a child? It's been the Beth and Jamie show this season, with John learning how to govern a state and Casey consoling his family. There's not much action in the bunkhouse aside from a bar fight, but one eagle-eyed listener noticed that something is very wrong with Walker. We'll get to that and last week's trivia question as well before discussing how Beth got out of jail and why Summer Higgins is not afraid of her any longer after serving her sentence. If you're new, welcome to the show. Please tap follow and leave a rating and review if you enjoy this conversation. Email staff at tasteofcountry.com with questions, comments, and corrections. We'll feature several more of those at the end of this episode. Later this week, it's more interviews with the cast of Yellowstone, but let's talk about Season 5, Episode 4, Horses in Heaven, right now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Addison! Oh, hey, Billy. Are you still full on your turkey dinner? I for sure am still, I'm still eating leftovers from Thanksgiving. I bought like a 17 pound turkey and I only had like oh. eight or nine people. So we had like a whole half turkey for leftovers. It was tremendous. <laughs> Sounds like I should have been at your house for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so much food. Well, I'm excited. This episode was, I think it was my favorite so far plot wise. I really feel like it moved the plot along, at least for me. We can dive into it a little bit. I don't know if it was your favorite, but it was definitely, I'm excited to talk about this one today. It was good. I was happy with it. I liked episode three a little bit better, but it was it was a good episode. And you're right. We we finally got some answers. And I think one of the biggest loose ends of Yellowstone was mm-hmm. tied up. 
Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's not what happened to Lugnut Boy. It's a different one. But we finally have an answer that we can get to in a few minutes. Also, I completely forgot about Lugnut Boy, and I forgot about your love for him. But don't worry, I am now vividly reminded <laughs> how much you loved him. Well, before we get into things, the one and only trivia time. I feel like we should have, you know, some type of intro music for this. But what was the trivia question before, you know, we had Thanksgiving and all the above? What was the trivia question on last episode? Last week's trivia question involved actor John Emmett Tracy, who plays Ellis Steele. He's the Markwood Equities lawyer. And it was kind of going through his filmography to find a movie where he saved the life of a country music singer. And the question was, which country music singer was in that movie with him and then who he also saved uh, his life? And the correct answer, I got to give a shout out to Cheryl. The movie was called Stagecoach. The Texas Jack story, and Cheryl correctly identified hmm. that it was Trace Adkins, current star of Monarch. Oh. He is the one. And Cheryl Good took job, it easy. Cheryl, I no punishment. What'd no she punishment say? for me. Oh, she just said give her, oh. just give her a shout out, and she'd be happy. Cheryl, I'm raising, giving you a fist pump. Go, girl. Hope you have a great morning. You're a badass, Cheryl. You get in there and you show them who's boss today. Make some things happen in Cheryl Land. Today is your day, girl. Boom. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. Billy, I think I might need one of those sometime. I do like the hello, Addison, but Cheryl, you got a good one. That was awesome. What is this week's trivia question? Well, this relates to the show 1923. And on Sunday, we got the first official trailer for 1923. That stars Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. And it looks really good, but I did a little research, and this isn't the first time that Kevin Costner and Harrison Ford have intersected. They never shared the screen, but Costner once insisted that a role he was up for go to Ford instead. Which role or which movie was that? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. Indiana Jones? No, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. I can't tell you. I can't tell (sighs) you. Okay. It's uh, staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address for how to uh, submit those answers. And the first person in wins, and you get to have me do whatever you want or just give you a little pump-up statement to start your week off a little bit better. Where should we start, Billy? Should we start with the one and only person that we've been talking about? Is she going to come back? Is she not? And she did. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of characters. We've kind of been wondering where they are this season. And I think mm-hmm. at this point, we need to send out a little missing persons alert for Jimmy and Emily. But we did get to see Summer Higgins, Piper Paraboo's character, mm-hmm. has returned. And it was really the most splendid of returns, I thought. Why do you say that? Why splendid? That's a very delightful what? word. <laughs> Why was it such a splendid meeting, Billy? <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe that wasn't the most precise word, but I mean, it, it was unexpected the way it happened. Um, the governor pardons her essentially so that she can work for him as sort of his environmental consultant. And she's back in the house now. She's not only living with the Duttons, apparently shacking up with John Dutton once again. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say it was kind of funny. Once John figured out he can pardon people, that's the first person that essentially he pardoned. Uh, but it was... T- 
what was funny is when she was saying, I can't remember what exactly she said about Beth, but it made me genuinely like roll on the ground laughing. Pretty much like, is your psychotic daughter going to be at the home with you before, you know, I, I enter? Which of course she was. And the scene with them was pretty funny of like Summer was, you know, holding her own once again, as we said last season, where they're kind of one in the same. Her, Summer and Beth are kind of one in the same, but um I think what was interesting is we kind of talked about that we thought that Summer might play that role um, as someone, like John said, when he was picking her up, like, I want to kind of get inside your brain and understand how you think and how you work. Billy, we kind of talked about that, potentially him using Summer in that capacity. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, we did also Mm -hmm. say that we thought she was pregnant, and that is not the case. So if we're keeping score one to one there. I think Summer, who has spent probably about six to eight months in, in jail now in a women's prison, like she has a little bit more grit under her. Like Beth doesn't scare her anymore mm-hmm. like she did in season right. four. So when she sees Beth, she's not afraid to give it back. I mean, she's she, I mean, I don't think she was like in the roughest, toughest prison in the world necessarily, but she saw a few things and, and now she's she's not afraid. I think she will be a, a real asset to the Dutton in some kind of way. I think she's on team done. And what will happen? So she right now is going to have supervised release for six months is kind of what she got out of the um, being pardoned. Yeah, pretty sweet deal for her. She probably got a mm-hmm. month or two of the sentence commuted and now she goes gets to live at the Dutton Ranch. Which seems like a pretty good place to live. Um, do you think that relationship ever gets serious like between John Dutton in summer, or do you think it just kind of continues to be sort of, um, I don't know, almost his mistress in a way? Right. Uh, I lean towards the mistress side of things, but I, I think John Dunn, that's <laughs> hopefully at some point in season five, will find love only because I'm going back to that scene with him and Beth. I think it was episode three where she was saying, you know, find someone to love, dad. Um, that I, I feel like that might be a setup for him to find love later on in the season, but I just don't see Summer being it. You know, I want to say this as apolitically as possible, but in recent years, we've had our share of politicians who have run into legal problems. But I think all of them can admire the types of legal problems and dilemmas that John Dutton has gotten himself into. In just one week of office, he has <laughs> had... National Park wolves shot on his property, so fish and wildlife is visited, uh, and he's uh-huh. soon going to have environmentalists. Uh, his chief of staff got into a bar fight and was arrested, and he commuted a former protester basically so she could come work with them. Like, he pulled a woman out of jail to come uh-huh. join his staff, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, she, he's also sleeping with her. Like this is like one week. We've had one week and this is what he's gotten into. I, I he's I don't know that he's doing a very good job at, at keeping the the character bar very high in the governor's office at this point. But well, should we talk about one of his issues currently? Should we should we dive into the Beth situation? Yes, I think this was probably the most important thing that happened last episode was Beth and Jamie. I mean, there was a lot of Beth. This is a Beth and Jamie season. Correct. Um, but the Beth and Jamie uh, situation, uh, the Beth and Jamie scene on the highway 
And then that led into the funeral scene. I think that was probably the nut of what happened to this episode. Well, and, and backing up a little bit, we learned a little bit more with the lady who had been hit yeah. by Beth that she actually coaxed a little bit more than we originally thought. You know, originally we thought Beth was just, you know, swinging a good old beer bottle at her where she, this lady came came in hot and uh, verbally essentially assaulted Beth. I didn't like how we didn't find that out until the start of episode four. Like that scene mm-hmm. where she says, I'm going to take your husband home. There's nothing you can do about it or essentially like that. I d- mm-hmm. We didn't see that in episode three. All we saw was her looking at Beth and then Beth hitting her and then finally come to find out she actually kind of provoked the situation. Like as a viewer that I felt like that unnecessarily played with my emotions. I thought that was unfair. Um, but in the end, it gives them a, a way to get her out of jail. Because the woman provoked right. it, she's also sort of a defendant in the bar fight or a, a provoker of the bar fight. She could face her own charges. I kind of like that this was a, a scene that you really kind of saw Jamie actually get to have the upper hand for once. You know, normally it's Beth <laughs> Beth squashing him with her with her whole fist, but this was one scene that I was like, ah, you know, finally Jamie can take a lead for a hot second, and then they get in the car. I didn't know that none of the family knew that uh, that none of the family didn't know Jamie had a son. I thought that was I thought someone in the family knew that was that was totally new information. Well, and to to back it up real quick, what had happened was they were driving back and I, I can't remember why Beth had turned. I can't remember why Beth had turned around that she would have seen the back seat, which we had even talked about, you know, up until now. We're like, where is Jamie's son that, you yeah. know, we saw so yeah. vividly the end of the last season. And so Beth turns around to get whatever was in the back. Or like I said, I can't remember really how that happened, but she sees a car seat and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. All the feelings of hate and resentment she has towards Jamie going back to when they are teenagers mm-hmm. and he took her to the reservation to help her and the, her pregnancy. And as a result, she can't have kids any longer. Um, I mean, it, it just exploded and, and she, she got, she starts beating him. He, he whips the car over and manages yeah. to put it in the park. She gets out and starts walking and um, is just furious that God gave him a son and tells tells him that she's going to take the son from him. That next time mm-hmm. he sees him, he should say goodbye to him because he's good as gone. I mean, the boy's like one or two. Um, well, and they- I will say this is the first time that I started to see, you know how we had talked where like someone in the Dutton family surely is going to die this season. Billy, this is about to be a hot take I'm about to say, but... You know, I felt like a little switch went off in Jamie of like, it's one thing to threaten him, but now he's a father and kind of the, and you're a dad. And so tell me like how you feel about this. But I feel like it's one of those moments of like, don't mess with Papa Bear. Like you flipped a switch. I'm going to, you know, do whatever it takes to, you know, protect my little boy. I, I could foresee that end up being, there's a situation where he ends up killing Beth if she really does attempt to take his son. Is that too much? I of totally a hot take? agree. No, I a hundred percent agree. Um, and, and I'll go even a little bit further. I mean, you, you can sort of line up that conversation with what he's kind of getting involved in with regards to Sarah Atwood, which seems to be 
and out of the family in some sort of way that's still vague. But I think if Beth and Jamie were having a 12-round fight, we just rang the bell on round 12. Like, I think this is Mm -hmm. the final round of their fight. And I think when this fight ends, the series ends. Like, I think we have to face the real possibility that season five is the last season of Yellowstone. Because after this wraps up, after the Beth and Jamie and this part of it comes to some sort of conclusion, which I don't know how it conclude any way but deadly. Like, where does the show go from there? Like, without one of those characters, you certainly can't have a world where all of a sudden they're getting along and sing Kumbaya. Like, I think right. with this scene and like everything else we've seen about the show and the walls closing and the Dutton family, you have to consider that we might only have about 10 episodes left of this show. Another season at most, but man, we could be done talking about Yellowstone by next spring. What was interesting is, number one, I saw Jamie hooking up with Sarah Atwood from a mile away. I saw that one coming once they went to dinner. But what I was intrigued by, and we didn't, we got paused by it because all Beth figures out that Summer is in her home as she's running behind her and, you know, goes to investigate of who just ran into the kitchen. When, when Beth had taken a picture of Sarah Atwood's license and she went to go Google her, she doesn't pop up anywhere. Did you find that interesting? Yeah, and she seems to think that Sarah Atwood is not a real name and that she it's a cover somehow, which yeah. indicates that maybe she has a story that's that's not real. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see where that goes, and that was just really random. So two things, and I want to get back to Sarah in a second, but two things that, that made me think of. Uh, before the season started, we were teased that two things were going to happen. The first was that Monica says that everybody, all the women of Yellowstone have some sort of girls night out and that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to look forward <laughs> to. I don't think it's terribly important now, but we also heard that Beth has some sort of mercurial friend from her past return. And we haven't seen that person surface yet. I wonder if, if that's Sarah Atwood in some sort of way, like, she realizes that Sarah Atwood is really such and such from her from her past. I, I don't know. What do you think? Stretching? Wouldn't I think you're stretching only because unless this chick has had like major plastic surgery or something, wouldn't she like recognize you know when you haven't seen someone in a really long time, but if you yeah. see them from a distance, you at least have this little light bulb moment of like, man, you look so familiar. Why do you look so familiar? And it's like this girl's truly a stranger. So that's the only reason why I'm yeah. like, uh, like, wouldn't you have a little bit of a light bulb moment? There's a couple of things I can't figure out about that scene when Jamie and Sarah are at the bar. Like Sarah has this power play in mind, and obviously she plans to get him drunk and then sleep with him. But I don't know what the end game is there. Uh, I don't know what she ultimately might get out of that. That doesn't embarrass her just as much, especially because market equities has kind of washed their hands of this whole Paradise Valley uh, development. Like they're not, she's not working for them anymore. So what is Sarah Atwood hoping to accomplish by hooking up with Jamie in the bathroom of a bar? I guess my only thought to that would be to somehow team up with Jamie and overtake Beth. You think that she's going to invest in some sort of long-term relationship with him? 
she doesn't seem like that kind of gal. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She does not seem like that kind of. Like I don't even know she can. She could fake it uh, even yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I and don't the other, know. Or if it was just an, or just an opportunity. If that scene was just an opportunity to set up for whatever that whole license, her not being you know, who she says she is, like, if that was just a way to crack open that door. The other thing I couldn't figure out is why was Beth sitting at a booth? Like, Beth doesn't seem like the kind of woman who's going to get a booth. <laughs> at a bar. Like, she's always at the bar, but this time she was at the booth she watching. She should be incognito, Billy. Exactly. Don't do anything normal if you're trying to sneak up on someone. Not that I do I, I that guess. often, but I'm just saying... <laughs> One thing I, I that I want to touch on real quick, and it's and it's a it's a side, uh, but it's, it's along the lines of kids, and then we can talk about uh, the funeral. But I thought it was very interesting when Rip was out on the land with the, the there was a whole scene of ranch hands, and it was a pretty much a a piece of land that he was saying, you know, at least people haven't figured out about this yet to try to you know build other things on it and other infrastructure. It's this one piece of land that's you know untouched, and um, he was talking to this man who I, I don't recall who the guy guy was other than another ranch hand, but the guy was asking, you know, about kids and Rip said, no, you know, I, I don't have any kids. And I, Billy, what I found so interesting in this little moment came up in my head of like, okay, we have Carter who essentially is like a, is like a child to Beth and Rip. And it made me think Carter's under the age of 18. Why ha did the yeah. state just like the state's over here going, oh, you know, just just have him, you know, the, the logistically is there no adoption? Is there no fostering? Like there's a little bit of some gray area here that I'm like, is the state just hand handing out kids without any, you know, tie of, hey, are you going to foster? Are you going to adopt? Carter's just like, you know, Rip ran away. Carter very much so was brought to the Dutton Ranch by authorities. I, th this that part of it, I'm like, what? Anyways, that was just a little bit of a tangent, yeah. but definitely was one that came up in my head during that scene of like, wait a minute. Well, I mean, from the outside looking in, it looks like a kidnapping because the kid yeah, lived yeah. in the, st the stable for a while. <laughs> I think now he has a bedroom. But you would think there would be some sort of paperwork. Uh, social services would check in every once in a while because a, a state official brought him there. It was the old sheriff, Correct. Donnie Haskell, who dropped him off. Like it, he didn't go back and like file some. Yeah, no, you're you're right there. Like with Rip, <laughs> it was understandable why that happened because Rip was a runaway who just showed up, showed up, and then he 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 had a new identity. Um, but well, Carter's not. Carter is. Like he had a father at the very least and maybe some extended family, maybe not. But like presumably he attended he school. Links. Is Carter not attending school? There are so many questions. <laughs> I don't <th> I don't think this is just how it is in Montana. Like this isn't one of those things like, well, in Montana, this is just the way it is. Like I, th I feel like this is still probably a problem in, in any state, in any rural community in America. Right. Well. Hopefully we figure that one out because that definitely in my head was like, okay, wait a minute. We're missing it. We are missing a step here. So one loose end tied up and another loose end opened up today on, on the Dutton Rules podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Billy, I'm excited to talk about this specific scene only because, number one, you in lineage, I immediately was like, oh my gosh, we just added another human to the pot for Billy to figure out this family tree over here. This scene, the funeral scene, where Casey and Monica are burying their their son, um, John, mm-hmm. this scene was, number one, I feel like was, I, I don't know about you, but John, when he comes after the funeral, because he couldn't actually attend it, Beth and John watched it from afar. At the end, he walks up, sits down with Monica, and this is... I feel like one of the my favorite scenes so far between Monica and John, and especially John, like the lines that he had said, like the one that I wrote down where I was like, oh, where he was saying the boy, where he's essentially consoling Monica and saying, you know, yeah. he understands death, the death of a the death of a child, and that, you know, he it's something that he can easily empathize and relate to that many cannot and when he was saying to her he said that boy lived a perfect life and you know monica is becoming teary-eyed i'm becoming teary-eyed when i'm watching it it's just a really sweet tender moment and in that tender moment and billy i'll let you take this one uh in that tender moment we learn that not only did John lose a son. Oh, I'm not there yet. Hold on. I'm about to oh, tee you up. <laughs> Don't worry. Billy's itching. Go ahead. Uh, that he he that he also had a brother. Named Peter. Uh, and for about 18 hours, he had a younger brother named Peter, but yeah. uh, Peter Dutton. Um, and he's sharing how that after his baby brother was born, um, she he died 18 hours later. And it really hardened the heart of his mother for the rest of her life. And mm-hmm. essentially, he's encouraging Monica not to let the same thing happen to her. Um, yeah. We, if you remember way, way back at the finale of of season two, there was a scene between um, Kevin Costner's John Dutton and Dabney Coleman, uh, who played John Dutton's dad. And they're sitting on top of the mountain. It's right before John Dutton's dad dies. And he's talking about what he misses. And he says that he misses his mother being John Dutton's mother. And then he said he misses his brother as well. And that was the only clue we had that John Dutton had a brother. There was no other information given throughout four and a half seasons of Yellowstone about John Dutton's brother until now. Now we finally know that John Dutton's brother only lived for about 18 hours, uh, had a weak heart, and his name was Peter Dutton. Well, and now the scene in episode two where Tate's sitting outside of the hospital room and John comes and sits next to him and Tate tells him, you know, I had a, I had a brother. You know, now I look at that it's in such a different lens of this was essentially a flashback moment for John as he's sitting there with his grandson of like he's been there before. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Um, surprising to me that John had never told anybody about that. Like his kids didn't know, presumably. Monica was the first person that he shared that information with. Um, and and I guess you got to believe that baby Peter's 
was buried on the family property there, so he has a tombstone. Um, but maybe there's no stone. I don't know. Who knows? But I, I guess I was surprised that no one knew that. I, I just ke- kept thinking back to the Beth and John scene on the front porch, you know, where clearly it was he was just saying, you know, there's some things you just can't tell your kids. I'm just curious if that that moment would kind of line up with would drop in the same bucket of just things that he can't tell his kids. But then I, I don't know why he wouldn't. So I don't have an answer for that. It was just me hardcore thinking of like the why. I don't have one. Let's play. Can we play a game? A quick game? Oh, gosh. Let's do it, Billy. Let's play a game. I'm here. Well, it's it's uh, it's something I do with my kids on occasion. It's called Rosebud and Thorn, and you might play it, where you pick a rose. That's something that you really enjoyed or you're happy about. You p- pick a bud, which is something you're looking forward to, and then you pick a thorn, which is something that's annoying you or bothering you or troubling you. Well, let's play Rosebud, Thorn, Yellowstone Season 5 version. Oh, Season 5 in general. Oh, okay. Am I going first? I just really took the lead on that. <laughs> Yeah, no, go right ahead. Go, go right ahead. Yeah. Okay. I I think Rose, I'm very excited to see this Jamie Sun situation. I want to see the outcome of this. And pretty much the outcome of because it, for me it's like finally the ending or something of this darn drama between him and his sister. I'm over that. So maybe that's my also my thorn, the Jamie Beth drama that is still just as heated as it has been sure. in seasons previous. Okay. Um, and then my, what, what was the bud? What you're looking, what, what was you're the looking bud forward purpose? to. What I'm looking forward to. Um, ooh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Abby Laney Wilson's character continues because she, I mean, she's in this season in general. I'm interested to see. I said this at the beginning, actually, of the entire season. But I'm interested to see if at least she pulls something out of Beth. I'm excited to see that relationship. Yeah, we haven't seen too much more of her, especially as it relates to Beth. Um, J- Lainey has had a couple of songs on the show. She had a song from... Yeah episode three but she also had a song during the bar scene when jamie and sarah at the bar laney wilson song is playing overhead um the main song of episode four i think was this song called the good i'll do by zach bryant who's a uh, kind of a really hot country newcomer yeah right at this moment but yeah um so what my you, rose Billy? my rose is anything casey and monica are up to like that's been my favorite part of this season has been their plot line oh yeah i thought it's been the best yeah. written and the best acted so far and and also the most believable like i haven't found any issues with that um my thorn is probably i'm not is probably beth at this point like anytime she's on screen like <laughs> i'm finding Amen. myself like it's uncomfortable, which is intentional. Like she's supposed to make us uncomfortable, but I feel like she's really slipped off the edge. Like she was always a really hard scrabble character who lived life right on the edge. But I feel like with the yes, ma'am and threatening to kill Jamie's baby and everything else she has yeah. going on, I feel like she's slipped off the edge and it's not terribly well explained to us, the viewer, to, to us, the viewer. Yeah, no, I I agree. That's one that I, and it's funny, you know. It's it's been, <laughs> I've a uh, 
been a big Reddit Yellowstone person after the episodes, and a lot of people are saying that. They're like, all right, this is almost extreme now, Beth. Like, we get that you're upset. We get all the above, but, but now now we've taken it too far, and it's almost gotten to the point of a nuisance and annoying, and we're over it. My bud. Oh, Jimmy returning is my bud. We haven't seen Jimmy, but we know he's coming back because he's oh, in the opening credits. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, Billy, are you ready for our fan comments? I am. Hit me. Who, who who wrote in this week? Oh, okay. I have two for us this week. Jerry with the Mad Viking Land Co. says a conservation easement makes the land usable only as vacant land. You cannot do anything with it from a development or subdivision perspective. So by placing the land into a conservation easement, it creates a scenario where market equities has dumped a vast amount of committed capital into a gigantic tract of completely unusable land. Definitely not a great position for an equity capture company. Okay, that makes sense. So essentially you can go hiking and hunt maybe on that land. I guess I'm a little surprised that that's not able to be overturned. Yeah, like I thought, I would think like given the way that Beth acquired it, it the land... Mm-hmm. conservation easement would be overturned but no one seems too too interested in that so jerry seems to have some knowledge on the situation given his line of work so i appreciate him um explaining that bit of legal jargon from the first three episodes really yeah yeah seriously thank you that was as we've talked about it that was one that went a little bit over my head of like okay i need i need this to be broken down so thanks jerry yeah definitely good good information Okay, the second one I have for us is for from Carrie on YouTube and says, a couple of things were wrong on this show. And one of them was Walker had his shirt off and he didn't have the Yellowstone brand, which I'm going to stop right there, Billy, before I finish the rest of her commentary, because she's so right. He didn't. I, I went back and watched the replay several times and there is no sign of it. Like, it's unmistakable. He's clean chested. That's just a... An oversight, I think, on the part of the Yellowstone. Um, and I think anybody who thinks the show is getting a little bit sloppy in the fifth season can can point to this as another reason why. Like, that's just a, a flaw and a super a super smart eagle eye by Carrie. And, and some others on YouTube pointed that out as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then here comes the second one she had was when John was sworn in, it showed it was in the middle of summer when it should have been winter, which actually funny, Billy, uh, one of my good friends, when we watch it together, he also said that he was like, wait a minute, the timing of this is actually off, which clearly I, I was that went over my head, but interesting, kind of a, kind of to your point of once again, another little bit of a, if someone thinks that season five is in Yellowstone is starting to get a little sloppy. This is one if people are paying attention and enjoy the show because of its accuracy to normal day. This would be another reason of like, mm, okay, not quite accurate. Yeah, it, it, at worst, it should be early spring, which is probably still really cold and not a lot of leaves on the trees in uh, Correct. the middle of Montana. Um, I think from a timeline point of view in terms of when season four ended and if you fast forward to the full term pregnancy, you get to about March. Or so um, calves, as I found out, are typically born in like January, could be as late as March, but it's certainly not May, June, July, which is what it kind of looks to be, given how Beth's dressed with that sundress on, like there's leaves on the tree. Yeah. Like but they shot it in what, May through August. Um, so 
you know, that's just the way it is. So yeah, a little bit of a mistake there. And then the last one that I have from Carrie is says a lot of people think the girl in the bar, the one that Beth had on the head, was a plant by Market Equities, which Billy, I told I actually could totally get on board for of this one because of the statement that you made last episode where you realize that the the girls both have the same last name. Yeah, Haley Brewer is her name and John's assistant is Claire Brewer. I guess that's a okay theory but i don't know what point that serves or, or what that's that's true it's possible but i think we would have learned a little bit more about it during episode four so like that was a comment in response to episode three which seemed reasonable at the time but as now we've seen episode four that seems less likely <laughs> Email staff at tasteofcountry.com with your questions, comments, or answers to this week's trivia question. Do you know which movie role Kevin Costner gave to Harrison Ford? I'm Addison Hager, and on behalf of Billy Dukes, I'd like to thank you for making the Dutton Rules podcast the most popular unofficial Yellowstone in 1923 podcast. We'll break down 1923 soon and bring you even more cast interviews, including Cole Hauser, Luke Grimes, Brecken Merrill, and more. Dutton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes with the help from Sterling Whitaker and produced by Billy Dukes. Please leave a five-star rating and review and press follow before you go so you don't miss a conversation moving forward. As always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast is another great Townsville Media podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.